This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday. It's January 29th, and I'm Nyla Boudin. Here's what you need to know today. What's behind GM's big electric vehicle announcement? Plus, the wild, wild west of outer space. But first, when investing goes viral, is today's one big thing. You've likely heard the headlines this week about the stock market mania around GameStop. To catch you up quick, a group of small investors, egged on by people on Reddit, have been buying stock in struggling companies like GameStop. That's driving up the price and really messing up positions of traditional Wall Street investors, like hedge fund managers and high-profile traders who were betting against GameStop leading to huge losses for them. But this isn't just about the stock market. It's kind of like a populist uprising born of the internet, complete with musical memes. Soon may the Tendy Man come to send a rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. That got us thinking about what this moment represents, not just for financial markets, but culturally, which is why I wanted to talk to Axios' chief financial correspondent, Felix Salmon. So do you know what they were talking about in the song when they talked about the Tendy Man? No. The Tendy Man is part of the glorious vocabulary of Wall Street bets, which is the subreddit where all of this started. All of the coordination is basically happening on Reddit and specifically on a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. And they make money by taking bets against big hedge fund managers like Melvin Capital. And the wonderful thing is that when they make money, they call their profits tendies because they take the money that they make in the stock market and they spend it on chicken tenders. Are you making that up? I am not making this up. It's a metaphor, right? Like, they are actually talking about taking the profits that they're making and using it to take their dog to the vet or buy their mom a new house or something like that. But whatever the sum of money that they've won is, they call it tendies. How much of this do you think is a protest against the system? This has absolutely been framed as there was a rigged system where the hedge fund fat cats got to get all of the money and play all of the games and manipulate all of the markets. And now we are turning the tables on you guys and we are doing all of that. And behold the awesome power of the internet. It sounds like what you're saying, because we've already seen this with social change movements, the social justice protests of last year. We've seen this on the other end of the spectrum with the capital insurrection that we had a few weeks ago in Washington. Are you saying that this is another manifestation of a movement that started online? Yes, and I'm saying possibly even more so. All of the headlines about GameStop are, in a weird way, a self-fulfilling prophecy. That what is going on here is we have a viral phenomenon. You know, it's like the white and gold 
dress or the two llamas on the run or something like that, where it's only a thing because everyone is looking at it. And because everyone is looking at it, everyone is opening up their Robinhood accounts, everyone is trading these stocks, everyone is thinking that they want to have a little part of this fun because it's what else are you going to do that's fun in the middle of a pandemic in January? So people are bored, they want to have some fun, they go in and they join the crowd. If there was no crowd, this wouldn't be happening. Felix Salmon is Axios's chief financial correspondent. Thanks, Felix. Thanks, Nyla. We'll be back in 15 seconds with what's driving GM's big electric vehicle announcement. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Axios Today. General Motors announced yesterday its plans to stop selling gas and diesel-powered vehicles by 2035. Currently, fossil fuel cars account for 98% of GM sales and all of its profit. This is one of the most aggressive auto industry goals around electric vehicles. To find out what's behind this, I went to Axios transportation reporter Joanne Muller. Joanne, this isn't the first major car announcement around this, but it is the biggest. So what stands out to you about the timing of this announcement now? Well, I think what's interesting is that GM is free to pursue a strategy that they'd already been pouring billions of dollars into without having to tiptoe around the Trump administration. And now they have policy that should be coming through the Biden administration that will dovetail with their strategy. Joanne, what do you want people to take away from this announcement by GM? Well, I think that you can believe that this is a legitimate strategy. They really have bet the farm on electric vehicles, and they're now going out and telling the world about that. I do think that this is something GM will deliver on. It's just the world has changed and they need to survive, and this is the way they need to go. Joanne Muller reporting from Detroit. Thanks, Joanne. Thank you, Nyla. No one owns outer space yet. Private companies and the countries they're based in are racing, though, to figure out what they can own and mine in outer space before their competitors. Axios's space reporter Miriam Kramer has been watching how outer space is turning into our new Wild West. Hi, Miriam. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you because we can talk about the Outer Space Treaty, which I did not know existed before I was preparing to talk to you. There is an actual treaty about space. There is. It's a United Nations treaty, and it is effectively the basis for everything that we understand as space law. The basic way of thinking about it is that space should be seen as sort of a global commons. You can't 
own land in space. You can't own the moon. You can't own an asteroid or another planetary body. But the complicating factor is that a number of companies are now starting to look at space as a place where they can make a lot of money by potentially either mining the moon or asteroids or or something for resources. The question now becomes, can you own the resources that you mine from a body? And who's determining that? So that, that's sort of the question at the moment. It's, it's basically determined in many ways by countries. Countries are able to go to the moon, grab some moon rocks, bring them back home and do with them what they will. So the big question now is, will companies be allowed to take the tact that governments have taken and actually go to the moon, grab these resources, and then be able to sell them and use them? I just in my head now are thinking of all these people like taking moon rocks <laughs> just like to have so that each country can say they have them. But I do think that's different than setting up a mining operation, for example, on the moon. Yeah. So it's early days, but Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin has talked about it. I think that SpaceX in some ways is interested in it. And then there are other smaller companies that are actually thinking about sending robotic missions to the moon to cache lunar dirt for NASA. Like NASA is looking to actually buy moon dirt from private companies that are able to get up to the moon in the coming years. So they're creating this market. It's really complicated to, to mine on Earth, much less on the moon, but it's a much easier lift to actually like grab some moon rocks and save them for NASA for later. Miriam Kramer is Axios's space reporter. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you. And that's all for us this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Carol Wu, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, and Naomi Shabin. Our mix engineer is Alex Sugiara. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer. Sarah Kehlani Gu is our executive editor. And special thanks to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Leetal Malad and Jacob Weisberg. You can always send us your thoughts by emailing podcasts at axios.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review and rating on your podcast app. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a good weekend. <laughs>